0: Why do you go to the Bible and have a look in James chapter 1. Then we're going to go look in the Old Testament. I want to just talk about walking in the fire. Walking in the fire. <laughs> I wonder how many people are in the fire. <laughs> well, there's many kinds of fires, of course. So let's have a look at this one in James that James talks about. So look in James chapter 1. Then we go back into uh, just the book, into the book of Daniel. So here's here in in James chapter, chapter 1, verse 2 My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials and testings, knowing the testing of your faith produces patience or endurance. And let endurance have its perfect work, you may be complete, perfect, complete, lacking nothing. If you lack wisdom, ask God who gives to all generously. And without reproach and it'll be given to him. But ask in faith, not doubting. So isn't this an interesting thing? Most of us just want to have a life that's free of hassles. Who'd love a life free of hassles? Well, you must have done go to heaven right now. It's just not gonna happen, you know that. We live in a wars and we live in a challenging environment. And the reality is that how many have put your hand up at some point and says, God, I really want to fulfil your call for my life? We've all put that and what we didn't know is what that involved. The funny thing about the Lord, He never tells you what's involved in it all. He just says, trust. And uh, God has got His own plan to get you where He wants you to get to. But uh, it requires we cooperate on it. So notice here, He's talking about having a perspective or a worldview about problems in life. Now, many problems are going to come to us in life, many trials. The word there is a fiery trial, a fiery pressure point, a, a, a situation in your life where the heat is on you. How many know what I'm talking about? A situation where the heat is really on you and the pressure's been turned up and you're in a place of turmoil, conflict. And he says, he says, you need to have a certain outlook when you're in those situations. And he says, count it all joy. You say, count it joy? What are you talking about? But he says Have a positive and a joyful attitude when you are going through difficult situations. Why is that? It's because of your worldview and what you know. For most people, their worldview is about now and what happens now. If you're a believer, you have an eternal worldview. You have a worldview that there's a God who's in charge, a God who holds my life in His hands, and whatever comes my way, God intends it to work in my life for good. It doesn't matter what I look like in the middle of the fire, what I look like or what happens in the middle of the turmoil. God intends it for my good. So you notice he said, you notice uh, what it tells you, count it all joy knowing something, knowing that the trying of your faith will produce something in your life. So most of us would have dreams and desires of doing something for God or something uh, great. But, you know, you have to become the kind of person that can do that. I've watched... With Ian over many, many years from when he first came into the church, and now he touches thousands of people worldwide. But you know, there were many fiery tests, that'd be right, that had to produce something in your life. And so for years, he would have been praying, you know, God, breakthrough now, breakthrough now, breakthrough. But God knows when the times of breakthrough are needed. He knows exactly what it takes to make you the kind of man that can carry the destiny or fulfill the destiny he has for you. And you always look back and you say, flip, i never want any of those trials again, but I'm glad I grew in the middle of it. And because I want to show you some guys in a trial and share with just a few simple things out of some guys in a problem in Daniel chapter 3, and they got in a literal fire. So we can draw pictures from the literal fire, but uh, there are fires of the Spirit, but there's also this fire that they got into, and it was caused and brought about because they made a stand for Christ. If you become a Christian, forget about everything being sweet and easy mate God calls you to advance his kingdom you've got to grow God wants to take you through some interesting uh, challenging times and uh, one of the things I think which is a great grief for me is the number of Christians that just let go of God when pressure comes on them and so I want to share with just a few simple things out of this one here how many know the names of the three guys? Hannah and I, Arisha what would what they get? Oh, you know, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Actually, weren't their real names, of course. Those are the names the culture tried to impose upon them. They're the names of the different gods of Babylon. So these three young men had been taken out of their native land at a time when they were probably around about 12, 13. They were inducted into the courts, uh, right into the palace, right into the heart of Babylon, uh, uh, a system which was ruled by the occult. Daniel and his three friends were all given different names. The names reflected the gods that the Babylonian culture worshipped, and they were brought into the school of the occult. And in the midst of that culture, which was filled with the occult, filled with difficulties, filled with challenges, these three men stood up and they stood out and made their life count, not only in their generation, but they're a model and an example for what ordinary people can do in every generation. You've never had to go through a school of the occult and stand and hold your faith in Christ when everyone around you is calling on spirits. They had a huge challenge. But I want to show you just a few simple things. And we'll just pick it up in, uh, in Daniel chapter 3. And uh, we'll pick it up in uh, maybe about verse 12. And uh, <clears throat> uh, what has happened now is the king has decided to set up a golden statue huge statue of gold, 60 cubits high. That's pretty high. That's uh, over 60 meters high, about six cubits wide, a huge gold statue. And he's made this decree that everyone will come. And what will happen is when the trumpets sound, everyone has to bow down and worship the idol he set up. And there is three young men. Now, you can imagine what it's like when you've got thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people and they're all standing there. They've come from all over the nation and there's this huge idol and the trumpets sound and everyone bows down and three guys are left standing. It wouldn't be easy in the midst of thousands of people doing one thing for you to stand out and do something different. Whatever the idol might represent, Today in our culture, young people in this young generation are pressured to yield to the culture, to yield to its values, to yield to its gold and its dreams, to yield to its desires for you, to yield to its values. There isn't a young person here that isn't under pressure from a a society that has abandoned God and under pressure to bow down in so many areas of your life to yield to the spirit of the age. You're alive and you're a young person today, then you're a candidate to be one of these three guys. Every one of us has to make a decision. We read now, we're looking into history, you can open your Bible, but these were three ordinary young men who made a stand in their generation. The challenge is will you make a stand in your generation? Will you bow down to the values and the gods of this age? and what everyone else worships, what everyone else values? Or will you make a stand in this day and prepare your life for what God has ahead for you? So what happens is, of course, they get reported. Someone rats on them. There's a snitch there. And uh, these come to the king, and they say, And listen, king, didn't you say that at the sound of the horn, verse 11, whoever doesn't fall down and worship shall be bowed down in the midst of the burning, fiery furnace? Hey, there's certain Jews you said over the affairs of the province here. Of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, these men, O king, have not paid you regard. They did not serve your gods. They didn't worship the golden image which you set up. So Nebuchadnezzar, in a rage and a fury, gave command to bring them before him and ask them, is it true you didn't serve my gods? Here's the first thing you say, no yielding. Notice what he says in verse 15, who is the God that will deliver you from my hands? And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to him, said to the king, Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. In that, if, it, if it is the case, or perhaps our God whom we serve, he is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and maybe he will deliver us from your hand, O king. But if not, let it be known, we'll not serve your gods, neither will we worship the gold image which you have set up. Number one, you see, no yielding. No yield. They refuse to yield to the values of the day. They refuse to yield to the spirit of the age. They refuse to yield to the idolatry of the culture. I wonder what it is you're yielding to. Every one of us every day have to make decisions what we're going to give ourselves to, what we're going to yield to. The Bible says to yield yourself to the living God. In other words, present yourself daily to Him. Well, what does that mean? Present your thoughts, your mind. Present what you see, present what you hear and listen to, present what you say, present your passions, your desires, your heart, present your will to Him, present your hands, what you're going to do, present your feet, you walk before Him each day. Why? Because today you're going to face a challenge as to what you will yield to, whether you'll yield your life to follow what God has for your life and fulfill your destiny, or whether you'll yield to the pressure. Pressure to conform in the area of alcohol or drugs or sex or finances or compromise of all kinds. What will you choose to yield to? Have you made a decision that you will walk out the destiny God has for you? Or have you not made any such decision? In which case, whatever pressure comes along, you're going to yield to it. Notice the second thing we see in there. The first of all, no yielding. Second is no difference. Notice what they say. Our God whom we serve can get us out of this fire. But perhaps he doesn't, or if he doesn't, nevertheless, be it known to you, O King, we'll not serve you. Notice this, it makes no difference. Some people only serve God if he answers their prayers. So when he doesn't answer their prayers the way they want or hope, they give up. Some people serve God if he does what they want or if life goes smoothly for them. Some people serve God if what they've dreamed of and hope gets worked out. But these young men say, it makes no difference whether our prayers are answered or not answered. It makes no difference whether you come through for us or don't come through for us. It makes no difference what people say. It makes no difference at all, God, what you do. We are fully, 100% committed to walk with you. I found so many people struggle when pressures come, difficulties come, when fires come, when testings come. It makes a difference. These young men have this commitment It makes no difference what we face. We, have, we will never change the commitment we have to you. If there's some area of you that it would make a difference, believe me, the opportunity for that to happen will come. If money would make a difference, then the opportunity to fall for money and follow that will come. If someone liking you or disliking you will make a difference, no doubt that situation will come up. You'll face your fire, your trial over that to please family, to please people, to please culture, to please your parents, to please the teachers, to please friends at school, friends at work. If it will make a difference, then no doubt it will come to you as a test. And I can tell you after a journey of many, many years, whatever it is in our heart that would make a difference to us serving God will present itself with an opportunity to make that decision. It will present itself, and if it will make a difference, the chances are you When we made our, Thank you very much, Ian. When we made our commitment, we got revelation of the kingdom. We got revelation that there's an eternal kingdom and that you and I now are on a process of preparing to advance that kingdom and on a journey into a positioning in an everlasting kingdom. When that revelation dropped down into my heart, I just gave my life without, without any hesitation, without any reserves. It'll make no difference what happens, what comes, whether you come through, whether you don't come through, whether I... Face all kinds of ordeals or not It will make no difference I will not quit Or give up on the call of God If you are in the Christian life Because God will make it easier There will be something that will come up That will make a difference If you are in it because you are totally committed to him You love him You appreciate and value what He's done for you Your life is committed and in his hands Then nothing that comes Will make a difference It always seems to be that the one thing In your heart that you hold back is the one thing that presents itself in your life that could make a difference. Whether it's a financial thing and issues of money, issues of honesty, issues of wanting to be loved or wanting people to accept you, it's gonna turn up on your plate. What a thing if you could in your heart say, God, I give my life without reserve. It doesn't matter whether you come through or don't come through, it doesn't matter how you operate, I am committed to walk with you. And that's the nature of marriage covenant for better or for worse, richer or poorer. You see, it's actually a covenantal walk with God that says, God, I trust you. My life is in your hands. And so the first thing was no yielding. Second, it makes no difference what happens. It makes no difference what comes in our life. We aren't quitting. And why we're not quitting is because this is my destiny. It's my call. See, if you have no sense of call in your life, you'll have no sense of destiny as well. I can remember very clearly God speaking to me I was. I remember doing the lawns. I was just doing the lawns. Funny places God speaks. you all sorts of funny places. You think it's just in prayer, but you know, it just happens any time. And I remember I was doing the lawns, and then if I can actually remember where I was, exactly where I was mowing, and as I was mowing the lawns, I heard the voice of God call me and speak to me. And it was like, and you now you had a lot of noise from the mower, and I'm just going kind of backwards and and then in the middle, I just heard God. I just stopped, and listened to His voice, and He called me. That was all it took. It was just the decision, having heard a call of God, and a call of God is not just, "Hey, if I like it and it works out, that'll be fine." But if it doesn't work out, well, I've got a Plan B. There's no Plan B in fulfilling the call of God. You just say, "God, I'm turning up. Here I am. I don't know what's ahead. We've got a great journey." You know, if He told me what was ahead, I would not have said yes. (laughs) He doesn't tell you. He says, "Yeah, follow me." Follow me. Here's the second, here's the third thing. There are no options. You notice what happens there? They made a decision to stand up for God. And then what happens is, verse 21, the men were bound in their coats, trousers, turbans, other garments, and they were cast into the burning fire. And because the king's command was exceedingly urgent, and the furnace was exceedingly hot, the flame of the fire killed the ones who took them up and threw them in. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down bound in the midst of the burning, fiery fire. Furnished. Now you notice here, there no option. There was no option about the fire, and it's it's also true. This when you make a decision to follow God, there's no option and no choice. You're going to have some fires. You notice they were cast into it. If they could have prayed their way out, talked their way out, worked their way out, they would have tried to find a way out. But you'll find as you walk with God and you decide that you want to enter, walk, live in His kingdom, advance His kingdom, God is going to put you into circumstances, not necessarily ones you created yourself. Other people put you in them. Other people do stuff and there you are in the middle of the situation. A conflict, a crisis, something difficult, a situation at work, uh, all kinds of situations come up in your life and, and you have no power over whether you're in it, you're just in it. What you only have power over is what you're gonna choose to do in the middle of the fire. Some of you may be facing some difficult situations now. You're under pressure, it's emotional pressure, spiritual pressure. It doesn't really matter what pressure you're in. The big issue is not that you're in the fire, but what will you do while you're in the fire? Because while you're in the fire, you are in a place of being prepared for your promotion. You'll see when we get the end of the story, when God brings us into a fire, inevitably he's got some kind of plan at the other end. I love the story of the men of faith. Uh, The first ones are the best ones. Well, they subdued lions. They overtook kingdoms. They held on to the word of God and they wrought great miracles. This is the others held on and believed and trusted God and were put to death. And both of them are people of faith. We tend to think of people of faith as you just do great things with your life. But actually for many people, it's just the making a stand when everything is against you and just refusing to dishonor God and to turn down what he said for you to do. That is faith. I know some people that no one would know, but in their lives they have made a stand of faith. It costs them, but God sees it all and it doesn't end at the end of your life. There's an eternity you're preparing for. If you keep eternity in mind, then you start to see that whatever God brings into my life, it's okay because it's preparing me. This is my readiness for promotion. So in your fire, what are you doing right now? How are you handling the fire? You have no options when you walk with God. You're going to get some fires come on the way, but you've got to make a decision what you're going to do. You'll have to decide what you do. Notice what? The fire has no power. Third thing here, notice that there's no power. I see these men loose, walking in the midst of the fire, verse 25, and they're not hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Now you notice here, if God doesn't save you from fiery situations, He will walk with you through them. So you may have prayed very hard that certain things didn't happen, and they happened. I tell you now, God will walk through it with you. This is an amazing thing. These guys were cast into the fire, and as they looked, they counted, hey, guys, and we sent in three. There's a fourth one in there. So isn't it interesting? They did not encounter or experience God in their day-to-day life as radically as they did when they were put in the fire. In the fire, the presence of God was there for them. You know, if your eyes are on the fire, you'll miss what God is trying to do in your life and you'll miss your encounter with God. I have found some of my deepest experiences with God have been in the fire when I had no strength And what I found in the place of the fire was if I would turn into the Lord, you see, the fire will break the bondings that limit your life. When God puts you through a fire, it's like gold being tried. Actually, all that happens is the dross comes up. So I've been through some fires and I haven't handled them too well at all. The language wasn't necessarily the best. The attitude wasn't necessarily the best. I was actually quite grumpy through the fire. But there came a point of yielding and letting go. And I've noticed with fires, and when you put in a fiery surface uh, experience, what's in your life tends to come up to the surface. The negativity, the unbelief, uh, areas of hurt, reaction, things that have been in your past, they come up in the middle of it. And you have to make a choice whether you'll just come before the Lord and allow your soul and your heart to flow to Him. I have had many experiences like that and the tears of powerlessness. I've wept them out before the Lord and leant into Him and let whatever was in my heart come out. And I discovered more about the fractures and issues in my heart in the fire than I ever found by just praying and reading the Word of God. It's when you're under pressure with people, under pressure in your life, that's where whatever's inside you will surface and come up. And that's your chance to grow in God. You are in the place Where the greatest advance is about to happen If you'll handle yourself right In that place of the fire There are a number of things happen Number one, the first thing that happened Was the limitations on them Were broken off them The limitations of people People had bound them, people had limited People had restricted them If you've got issues with people, issues from your past, issues of bitterness, issues of pain and grief, issues of hurt, they flush up in a fiery experience, and if you will let them, God can set you free of them right through there in that time. I found when you're under pressure, there's your financial deadline, and you've got no way you can meet it, then you're on your knees, and you're crying out to God, and holding on to God, and then the fears and the difficulties come up, and that's the place you're able to deal with them the most. You let them go to God. Some of you don't want to be in a fire, just want to have a lovely, excited time and be with all your friends. But that's not how men of God are made. Many of God are made through fiery experiences and your character gets shaped. That's why it says rejoice. Why do you rejoice in the fire? Because when I come out the other side, I'm about to be promoted because I'm a different person, a better person. In one of the greatest uh, seasons when uh, I faced uh, difficulties and pressure, it was also the time of greatest intensity in prayer, greatest fasting, greatest reaching into God, and the greatest breaking in my soul to address what I needed to face that I couldn't see before. Out of that, God brings change. I wonder what you do. Do you look for someone to help you out, someone to get you out, someone to talk you out, someone to agree with your mess, or someone that'll say, You hang in, God is faithful? He says in Isaiah 43, when you go through the fire, you'll not be consumed by it. I will be with you. In every fire I've ever been through, the one thing I have found eventually, not straight away, but eventually, was that God was with me. God was with me. And he always came and appeared and did something in the fire. Recently, I was in quite a season of pressure, and I just spent quite a bit of time just alone with God. And I felt the tears flow and the pain flow. And then in the middle of it, God showed me an area of my life to be just loosened up and to be freed up, come out of that experience knowing God more intimately and changed. So the first thing in the fire is that if you will reach out to God, He will start to show you the things that limit you, and you can face them, address them, repent of them, grieve over them, but let them go. Second thing, it's a place of meeting with God. The fiery experiences you have in life, they may be very painful, may be very difficult, but there's also a time when you can encounter God. He says, I'll be with you in the fire. He says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I'll be with you in the fire. So in the fire, where nothing you've got can work, you then lean into God and you find Him. And he's the one in the fire with you. And you notice here the fire had no power over them. Absolutely no power. And notice it says that they walked in the fire. The fire had no power. And they walked in the fire. And verse Nebuchadnezzar then spoke. Notice this. As it goes down there, where it says, they came out of the midst of the fire. They were walking around in the fire. Isn't that amazing? They're in the midst of a tremendously difficult time, and they were walking in the fire. That must be something to watch. Flames burning up. You know, like you see it on the movie sometimes. If they can do it on the movie, it's not real. But this is the real thing, the real deal. This is a supernatural hand of God in the life. Now, here's what I want to ask you. When the pressure is on you, do you maintain your walk with God? When the fire comes, it's very easy to stop walking with God. Do you still come to him and praise him? Do you still love him? Do you still come to him and get into the word and hold, hold his words before him? What do you do when you're in the fire? Do you still walk with God? Do you still lean into Him and trust Him? You see, if you're gonna walk out of the fire, change person, you have to decide when you're in the fire, you'll continue to walk with Him. I've been disappointed in the last two or three weeks. I've seen people that I've loved and walked with with God for years. Some go right back to years ago when Danny Birkins, some have been over the years have been here. What troubled me and grieved me was this, that they've been through a fire, but they've come out and the smell of smoke is still on them. If you notice in this group here, it says, if you just read on in your Bible a little more, it says, when they came out, there was no smell of the fire upon them at all. Many people, when they've gone through a difficult experience, whether it's marriage, family, personal crisis or whatever, when they come out, they haven't encountered God and they haven't become free. They've got the smell of fire still on them. What does that look like? a negative attitude, bitter, offended, critical, drawn back from God, the smell of the fire is upon their life. When I was at a funeral recently, what disturbed me the most was to see how many Christians I had once seen absolutely passionately on fire for God, and now there was a smell of fire on them. They'd been through some difficult times, and that's life. But in the midst of the difficult times, they lost the presence of God, the touch of God, lost their walk with God. And when they came out of the fire, because God will get you out of the fire, they came out smelling of it. It was a shame to talk to someone uh, that I had walked with and worked with and seen to be one of the most fiery, passionate, determined believers I'd ever seen. And the fires had gone out. To see other young ones who'd once walked in here in Bay City, some of them, and to see the fire of God had gone out. And you know, all it is is that they, instead of yielding themselves to the Lord and saying, Whatever happens, it makes no difference. I'm following you. When the pressure came, they bowed down and yielded to something else. When they got in the heat and the fire, they let it get around their life and burn them. There may be some of you here tonight and you've been burnt in a fire of some kind. It could have been a fire in your home, a family fire. It could have been in the relationship with parents, mother, or father. But have you been burned? Have you been left smoking? Is the smell of that smoke still on you? You ever notice, you ever been in a house fire? You notice that everything, even if you save it, has got the smell of smoke on it. But you know, you and I can come through the fires of life if we will lean into God, continue to walk with Him, continue to trust Him, and allow your heart to open up so what in it needs to be dealt with is addressed. You come out like gold refined in the fire. It's an interesting thing with gold. When, you've, when you heat gold, you've just, if you heat it too much, the gold is lost. If you don't heat it enough, it's never refined. You've got to be an expert to know exactly what temperature to get it to. You get it up to that temperature, it begins to disintegrate, come apart, and then all the stuff you couldn't see is there on the surface, and the refiner scoops it away and then lets it cool, and then he does it again. And your faith, your walk with God, is refined like gold in the fire. In other words, will you hold fast to the Lord, in spite of what is happening around you, Peter, at one point, he uh, got burnt. How did he get burnt? Well, very simply, he had an issue of pride in his life and arrogance. when Jesus said, "Before the crop, cock, throws, cock crows, you will deny me three times, and he, he throws throws. <laughs> must be getting late. (laughs) Before the cock throws. (laughs) Exactly three times. You will deny me. And you know, Peter said, no, no, you can count on me. I'm committed. And and he goes on. He begins to talk about how great he is and whatever. But God can see the pride in his heart. And Jesus said to him, listen, he said, I've already prayed for you. And this is what I prayed. I prayed that your faith wouldn't fail. And that no matter what happens, and even if you fall down and fall over, and I know you're going to do it, and you're going to do it not once, you're going to do it three times. He said, I prayed that in the middle of it, you wouldn't become so bitter and hurt and angry that your faith and trust would be overthrown. He said, I've been praying and interceding. That wouldn't happen. And he said, after the experience, when you're converted, you can then strengthen your brethren. And so what happens? You know the story that uh, the cock throwed? <laughs> Three times. Peter denied him three times. And uh, and what happened? You remember that Jesus met with him. Jesus didn't even raise a thing. His faith remained strong. We see the first one to stand up in the New Testament is Peter. You imagine that, standing up after denying Jesus three times, and he's standing up, and 3,000 get saved, and the power of God flows to him. You see, his faith didn't quit. See, you may be here like Peter, and you've got a bit of the smell of fire over you, but tonight you can make a decision. I'm just going to turn back into him, and no matter what I'm facing, I'm going to make this kind of commitment, God. I'm going to walk with you. I just ask for your grace to be upon my life to give me revelation of this coming kingdom that I would walk with you and never, never quit. If you're going to make a difference, you can't quit. You just can't quit you may not be getting anywhere but just don't quit tomorrow you'll break through tomorrow's another day for you we we'll to just close our eyes right now and there'll be people here tonight and you'll cock throat a few times and there you are and you've denied jesus <laughs> and there'll be some of you here and you know exactly that experience with peter and you've been through a fire the fire of pressure people and you just quit and gave up fire of compromise fire of compromise perhaps it was at a party one night perhaps it's at work perhaps it's in finance you know the area you've been through the fire but instead of being released in it you've actually come out and you've got the smell of the fire still on you there's a negative attitude there's a disappointment there's a grief there's an offense there's a hurt could have been in church and there it was you were just so excited to serve Jesus and there was this leader and they I don't understand where he was coming from he really affected me so negatively listen maybe God is just putting you through a fire and you would never pass that fire, you got burnt in the fire. Listen, you don't need to stay burnt in the fire. You can just make a decision. God, I want to come out. I want to come out sweet. I made a decision a long time ago that I would do all that was possible within me to not carry offense, but to actually let things go and to keep my spirit sweet. You know, the Bible says take heed and don't fall from the grace of God, the empowerment of God, because bitterness can come up inside you very easily. There are a lot of disappointments and you're in pastoring. You know, you pour yourself into people and all kinds of stuff happens. And, and, uh, but you've got to learn to reach in in the fiery place into God and just let the pain go, the disappointment go, and ask God to be there and remove the bondings around your life and to impart His grace So when you step out of that fire, there's a sweetness in your spirit. People say, how did you do it? Well, I met God in the fire. I met him in the midst of the fire. In the journey, I've had all kinds of ups and downs and and, and challenges of various kinds. But I have found that God will never let you down. So tonight, perhaps you're here and you've been through a fire. And the smell of the fire is upon you. You're carrying a negative attitude, a disappointment, grief, whatever. You say, God, tonight, I want you to touch me afresh. I want you to remove that offense, that bitterness, that hurt, that disappointment that I've been carrying, the disillusionment I've been carrying. I want my dreams awakened again. Lord, I just let myself get my eyes off you in the midst of the fire. If that's you tonight, do you want to raise your hands? That's me. God's speaking to me. God bless. God bless. Hands go up. God bless. There's others here tonight. Perhaps you're going right through a difficult time right now. I encourage you to keep your eyes on the Lord. Don't let your walk go with God. Stay in that place of prayer, looking into his word, and let your heart just melt before him so that whatever needs to be changed can be changed by the fire. Don't waste your fire. Don't waste the experience. Don't come out of it and you never got changed and you need to go through it again to become the person God wants you to be. Fires in God's eyes are precious places. He said, How precious to the Lord is the trying of your faith. It is in His eyes much more precious than gold that's refined by fire. Now, gold's really valuable stuff, but God says, your faith when you stand in the midst of the fire and you come through the other side and your spirit sweet, you've forgiven those that were, were, were causing the fire, that ignited the fire, that hurt you so much when you release them and bless them and the grace of God flows in your life I tell you what, you become a better person you become like him, if you read the end of the story, all of those three men were promoted the promotion would never have come without the fire they were promoted, and their God became famous in the nation. You want to be promoted, I know that. How will you handle the fire? Will you keep your eyes on the Lord, remain committed? God, whether you, take, whether you deliver me from it or whatever, it doesn't make any difference. I'm not quitting. I'm not giving up on you. God loves that kind of bulldog faith. I wonder if there's any today going through a fire, going you know, through a difficult time right now. I not you raise your hand so that's me going through that kind of time. Challenging, very difficult time. This is a great time for you to just make a decision in your heart. God, i fix my eyes on you, not on the circumstances. I'm fixing my eyes on you in the middle of the fire, and I'll see what you're wanting to free me from, and I'm going to come out of that fire smelling sweet. Well if there's anyone here tonight who hasn't really given their life to Jesus Christ yet. You haven't become a Christian. Jesus died on the cross for you because he loves you. It'd be a great night for you to say, man, I want to come to know Jesus. I want to have Jesus in my life. I want to have his power, his strength, his life, his love. flowing That's you tonight. Why don't you raise your hand tonight and say, that's me. God, I just don't want to become a Christian tonight. Anyone here at all? I want to give their life to Christ. Ready to give their life. Okay, i just going to sing now just quiet song, just a worship song. And people, put your hand up tonight. You've been through the fire and got burnt. And you need to come now and let Jesus Christ. Just bring his grace into your heart. Maybe there's someone to forgive. Maybe there's an issue to let go of, some grief to let go of. Maybe you're carrying a baggage of demons around with you as a result of the fire. It doesn't really matter. What really matters is you reach into Christ right now so you can come out of that, get that smell of smoke off you, and start to walk with a sweet spirit again with God. When you forgive people, your spirit sweetens up. When you, when you bless those who curse you, your spirit sweetens up. You know, there are principles for overcoming these things.